Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how you can encourage those in your life to work on becoming the best that they can be without seeming pushy or forceful or coming across like you don't love and accept them for exactly who they are right now. I look forward to diving into this topic with you and sharing how I have done it wrong because heaven knows I have, and instead sharing with you the ways that are the most helpful in getting the people in your life, your spouse, your kids, your family, your friends, to work on themselves. I hope that you find value from today's episode. Let's dive in. Hey, my name is Kimberly Beam Holmes, and this is It Starts With Attraction, where we discuss how to become the most attractive that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as us insiders call it, the pies. You can become more attractive to others and most importantly, to yourself. We will teach you how. Let's dive in. If you've ever wanted to know what your attractiveness score is, then I have a free guide that you're going to want to go and download. Now, I'm going to tell you that this isn't going to be like those quizzes or surveys or tests that you see online that are like, how hot are you or how sexy are you? Because I think those end up making people feel worse about themselves at the end than ever before. This free attraction assessment guide that I have created is a no gimmicks, truthful and honest representation of how you can assess yourself and see the areas of attraction that you feel most confident in and the areas of attraction where you need opportunity for growth. It's not going to be done in a way that makes you feel worse about yourself, but is going to give you real tools and tactics that you can begin to implement after you know which areas you should focus a little more on and which ones you're already slaying. You can go and get your free guide at itstartswithattraction.com. You'll see the opt-in form in the lower right-hand corner, and it'll be emailed to you immediately. I can't wait to hear about your results and your scores and the way that you decide to make some changes in your life so that you can be the most attractive that you can be. Go and get your free guide at itstartswithattraction.com. I'm going to start by being brutally honest with you all because you are my listeners and I have a special connection with you. And I really feel like I'm just sitting with you over coffee when I record these podcasts many of the time. So I'm probably a little more open with all of you than I normally would be, like if you've ever seen me on YouTube or anything like that. Uh, But here's the honest truth. I am embarrassed and ashamed to say that especially in the first four years of my marriage, I was the worst. I was the literal worst when it came to trying to force my husband to do things differently. You see, I had the blessing, I guess you could say, of knowing and understanding this concept of pies, of how the process of falling in love starts with attraction and how attraction is these four areas of attraction, the P, the I, the E, and the S, the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual, because I grew up with it, right? Like I'm literally the daughter of the guy who wrote this. So I've known it. 
I knew it when I was dating. I knew it as I was engaged. I knew it, of course, as I was married. And it's a blessing and a curse because when you live your life knowing what makes a healthy, happy relationship, then yes, you're more attuned to be able to see it and see it in yourself and work to become the best for that. But here's the opposite side of that coin or the the double edge of that sword is that I also became hypersensitive to it. So overanalyze everything. That's what I started to do. Just overanalyzing when, when we got into one disagreement or if my husband, um, you know, stopped working out for a week, then all of a sudden I was seeing where this could go. My fear was being scared that this was going to be what takes us off track. And so I would try and intervene before anything got worse when in reality, my interventions made things worse by honestly conveying a message to my husband that I didn't accept or love him for who he was. I remember when we first got married and honestly, I started working out like, and which is, this is so crazy to say because I love my workouts and I've been working out very devotedly for the past 10 years now, actually 11 years now, because I started working out right after I met my husband. And the reason I started working out, well, there was actually two reasons. The first was because I kept throwing my back out. So here I am, this 20-year-old who throws her back out like every couple of months, can't move, can't walk, has to lay in bed. And it was just not the kind of life I wanted to live as 20 years old. So one of my doctors said, you should work on your core strength because that's going to protect your back muscles and help you from from not having these insane muscle spasms in the future. Not that you all wanted to know that, but that kind of correlated and just aligned with when I first started dating my husband. And when we started dating, he was in the military. So he was doing PT every morning, 5 a.m., going out for runs, doing push-ups. Well, I'm a very competitive person. And I wanted to feel, although it wasn't true, I wanted to feel like I could beat him in a PT competition. Like if he and I were going to do a PT test together, I wanted to win, which just humanly isn't possible because he's a man and I'm a woman. So he's going to run faster than me. He's going to be able to do more pushups quicker than I am. But that didn't stop me because I'm competitive and I become really just illogical when I'm in that mindset. So I started working out and loved it, right? So this was a a very positive thing that happened to me for my future. But of course, the, you know, as our marriage and our relationship developed, it was a positive thing that had a positive impact on our relationship. But when we moved closer to our wedding day and even getting married, um, my husband stopped working out as much. And I remember I would ask him to go for runs with me and he would he would say no. I mean, he didn't want to go. But for me, I took it way too personal. I mean, I was so immature back then, but I was I was just thinking like we can't start growing apart. We've just gotten married. We can't become unattractive to each other now. We have to be doing this together. And so, I would throw a freaking fit. Like it was ridiculous the way I would react to him. Um and then he also would start eating McDonald's all the time. <laughs> He would eat McDonald's so much. Um, And we were about to leave. So right after we got married, two months later, we moved across the world to go live in Korea because that's the first place he was stationed. And so life was just stressful. And I didn't see this from that perspective then, but 
at the at the time it was just this was what was easy this was what his comfort food was it was what he wanted so he would go get it but i would try and stop him i would guilt him i would say all these things to him about how he shouldn't eat that all the things it does to your body right like all of these things and the bottom line is this other than for me to just admit and give my penance for this terrible wife that i was at the beginning of my marriage it's also to share that the message that i was giving to my husband was that I did not accept him for who he was and that he needed to change in order for me to love him. And I believe this is where we can get stuck as humans when we want to encourage the people in our lives to get healthier, to work on themselves, to become the best versions of themselves that they can be. But if we don't do it in the right way, then it is going to come across like we do not love them for who they are. And there is a difference between loving someone completely just for who they are and what they mean to you versus not liking a behavior that someone is engaging in at the present moment. Those are two different things. I can love my husband completely and disagree with his lifestyle choices, but that doesn't change the fact that that I love him. It doesn't change the fact that he doesn't need to change for me to love him. I simply need to change if that's what I'm portraying. I can show him that I love him by treating him with respect, by treating him in the way that I would treat someone that I love, and not letting that be tied to how I feel about something he's doing in the given moment. Now, in episode 44, Dr. Beam and I spoke about this much more in depth. And you can find that by going to a past episode, looking at episode 44, What is Love with Dr. Joe Beam. And we talk about how do you do this? How do you actually love someone for who they are, even if you don't like the actions that they're doing, which will give you way more insight. Again, that's episode number 44. But the premise of it stays the same. When we have people in our lives, our kids, our our relationship partners, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever kind of relationship you're in, family, friends, we don't want to come across like we're pushing. And a lot of times what we do is push. We send them a YouTube video. We send them an article. We share a podcast with them. And what we're really doing, if we're not careful, is dripping slow information of here's the way I want you to change. This is hard. So here's the three things that we should not do when we are trying to encourage those in our lives to work on themselves and become the best that they can be. Number one, we shouldn't force. We should not force the people in our lives to feel like they have to do this. When I was in middle school, I had a friend who um, we were both on the track team together. Don't get any funny ideas in your mind. I was the worst on the track team. Also, they made me run the 400 meter sprint. 400 meters should not be a sprint. That's all I have to say. So, but it was what my friends were doing. And so I was on the team and my friend was on it as well. And she was fine. Like she was an athletic fit individual. She wasn't super skinny, but she definitely wasn't overweight. However, her mother continually berated her about her weight, telling her she needed to watch her figure. We were 13, 14 years old to where I remember that there would be Fridays at lunch where my friend would just eat a small like fruit bar. And that was it for the whole day. And even though knowing we were going to have track that afternoon and she was going to be running because she wanted to watch her figure. 
What happened over time, of course, is that she had major issues with her mother. She felt like her mother did not accept her for who she was and that her mother was forcing her to look a certain way before my friend could feel like she was accepted. And that's what happened when people feel forced. They feel like their identity is being taken away, like the way that they were fearfully and wonderfully made isn't good enough. And therefore, they feel like they have to do something in order to meet a set of criteria to check off in order to be liked. That's why we can't force. The second thing that we can't do is preach. Here's what I mean by that. It's not going to work to our benefit if we overwhelm our kids or our spouse or our family or our friends with information about how we think they should live their life. Oh my gosh, we see this all over social media right now. Everyone has an opinion of what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And it becomes divisive. It becomes polarizing. And that is not going to lead to you being able to have a positive influence over the people in your life in order for them to see the changes that you have made and ultimately want those changes for themselves. So preaching in a way that is divisive, that is polarizing, that is not being able to come beside the person that you're with and speak to it from their point of view is not going to be helpful here. And the third thing we don't want to do is drag. We don't want to drag our spouse to go and do something with us that they're dreading to do, that they have no desire to do. Caveat here is unless there is a spoken agreement that I will do this with you if you do this other thing with me. So this is something my husband and I implemented a couple of years ago to where one of the things he loves doing is he loves going to Renaissance fairs. And yes, he loves to dress up. So this is something that he loves. I mean, he's loved it since he was in middle school. And so he wanted to share that with me. And y'all, I am the opposite of this kind of person. I am not the kind of person who wants to dress up and go to a dusty, humid fair and eat a turkey leg. Like, it's just not who I am. However, I wanted to connect in a positive way with my husband. I knew it was important to him and I could see that it mattered. And so... I didn't feel like I was being dragged. Now there's the difference there because I was choosing to do it even if I didn't want to. But if Rob had come to me and said, either you do this or, and it became more of an ultimatum, then I might feel like I was being dragged against my will, not wanting to do it. I wouldn't have any fun. And that's a different mindset going into it. And these are the things we don't want to do. We do not want to force, preach, or drag. So what can we do to encourage those in our lives to work on themselves and work on their pies? The first thing that we can begin to do is be the example. Even if you don't use words at first, there is nothing that speaks louder to other people that you are serious about something and that you are the living example and testimony of something happening than you doing it first. And even doing it without the pomp and circumstance, doing it simply because you're doing it for yourself. And from that, you will begin to change. When you begin to work on your pies, you begin to change. When I began to work on my pies in the fourth, fifth year of my marriage, when I realized I need to get out of my pajamas and working on becoming the kind of wife and person that wanted to evoke positive emotions within other people, when I started focusing on all of those areas, I became better and I wasn't doing it finally. I finally got to the point where I wasn't doing it for anyone else. I wasn't doing it for a show. I wasn't doing it as a way to manipulate my husband 
to ultimately do it for himself. I was simply doing it for me. And that's when everything began to change. My focus, my priorities. I I began to interact with my husband differently. I wasn't feeling like I was always trying to convince him of something or get him on my side. I I just lived life and worked on my pies in that way. I started eating healthier. I started buying different foods. I started being really intentional about the times that I would work out. I started to really watch how I would communicate and interact with him and change that dance of our behavior to where we stopped fighting. I stopped retaliating. I stopped being defensive. And ultimately over time, that led to a major change. So this is the first thing that we should do before speaking about our pies experience and how amazing it is to other people. Do it for ourselves and let our lives be a living example of what's happening on the inside of our hearts. The second thing that we can do is invite the people in our lives that we love and care about to do things with us. So if there is something that you do when you're working on your pies that you are really loving, whether that is a walk or a run or yoga or gardening or taking a class at your local rec center about painting or underwater basket weaving, or maybe it's a book club that you've joined, or perhaps it is a small group that you have found, maybe that's at a church or a faith-based place, or you're volunteering somewhere. If there's something that you have found that you love, then simply invite the people you love to join you in that at least just one time. I mean, don't, don't make it to where you're asking them to do it every single time, but just say, Hey, I'm doing this on Friday at 6 PM. I would love for you to go with me and then don't push it. Simply offer the invitation. And then when you're asked about it, hey, I've noticed that you are changing. There's something different about you. You have started volunteering. You've started doing this, that, or the other. That is your opportunity to share. That is your chance to say, yeah, you know what? I have been working on becoming the best that I can physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. And it's actually called the pies. Do you want me to share with you what that means and what each of them means? And we can talk about it. And then you're opening up the opportunity for a conversation to happen because ultimately that's what you want. All of us know this premise that you can't force someone to change. And until a person is ready for change, they're not going to be open to it. You can see this best when it comes to people who are struggling with an addiction of some kind, especially if it's to narcotics or drugs or alcohol. We know that you can't force them into the rehab center. In fact, they won't even let you leave them unless a person is saying, I am coming here on my own will and at my own accord. And it's the same premise, of course, on a much lesser base here, which is you can't force someone to be ready to work on becoming the best they can be until they're ready for that. And every person is going to be different. Every person's at a different place in their journey and in their life and how they see themselves. And it may be that there are some people who just need to accept themselves for how they are first before even considering doing something to become better. There's a lot of different reasons that can go into that. But when you get the opportunity to share, then do. And you can also share in that moment, not just what you're doing, but what you're learning about yourself, what you're discovering about you. I know for me, as I have embarked on my pies journey for the past almost decade now, I'm always learning and discovering something new about me. 
And the longer that I've been on this journey, the deeper I'm getting into things. I mean, at first it was that I loved the competition side of working out. I really got into CrossFit and all those things. But then over the years, that burnt me out. And so I went into a season of something more restful. And it was really focused at first on the very physical part of the pies for me. Um, And honestly, that's because of now, like now I can look back and see that's because of self-image and self-esteem issues that I had that I needed to work through. And then as I've grown even more and worked even deeper, the emotional side of the pies, the spiritual side of the pies have become even more important to me as I'm really wanting to go deep in my own life, in myself, in the relationships that I'm that I'm creating because I realize how vital and important they are. And so it's leading me to now see things differently, to care about things differently, to prioritize other things in my life and discover new things. I am always on a journey for self-growth. As a lot of people are saying now, I'm trying to do the work. I'm surrounding myself, or at least trying to surround myself with people who are going to see things in me that I can't see in myself and help me pull those things out. But guess what? 10 years ago, I wouldn't have heard that. I would have been defensive. I didn't take criticism or anything that smelled like criticism very well. And I wasn't in a space to hear that. Now I am. But I'm sure I'm also in a lot of spaces right now that I am unaware of things, blind to them, unable to hear them because it's not what I'm ready for. But in a couple of years, I will be. And it's the same for the people in your life. You may have this grand plan for your kids, for your spouse, of all these ways that they can become the best that they can be in all four of these areas, but they're not there yet. It is a journey. Just as it's been a journey with you, it is a journey for them as well. But one way that you can inspire for these people that you love to work in these areas is by sharing the things you're learning about you. It's modeling the behavior. It's sharing and connecting with them from what you're learning in a way that is going to stimulate curiosity, but also foster deep connection. And it's a perfect way for you to start. The fourth way that you can encourage those in your life to work on their pies is by doing something with them that they want to do. I mentioned earlier, you can invite them to do something with you, which is great. But you could also say, you know what? I know that my son loves cars. I know that he loves the radio controlled cars where he can navigate them and go do stuff. You know what? If that's a way for us to emotionally connect so we can get out and he can learn some new things and we are out in the sunshine and and we can just get out of our heads and out of our space and go somewhere where we can be together and spend quality time together, then that's great. Take that step. Invite them to go with you to do something they love to do, even if it's not something you initially love to do. And the fifth thing that we can do to encourage the people in our lives to work on their pies is to be positive, to be the person who is optimistic, who's excited, who's encouraging, who when they say, hey, I think I may want to try running on the track team. Hey, I think I might want to try this new diet that I saw. Hey, I think I want to try reading this book that you encourage that. 
you say, that's such a great idea. Let's let's look into that, especially if it's your kids and you're saying there's 18 things on their calendar. They're involved in every single sport. I can't handle another one. Instead of saying no, or instead of criticizing it or going into the defensive, frame it in a positive way. That's such a great idea. That's so exciting. What would you be most excited about for that? Or if it's your spouse coming to you and saying, hey, I think I might want to do this new thing, go back to college and and continue taking classes. Instead of your first response out of your mouth saying, oh my goodness, that's going to cost way too much money. Absolutely not. Respond and say, I think that's a great idea. Let's figure out how we can afford that so that you can do that. Be a cheerleader, be a champion for the people in your lives. And when they actually want to do something that will help make themselves better and work on their pies, then be sure that you are fostering that curiosity and encouraging that discovery. That's the best thing that you can do. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to go and subscribe to this podcast and leave an honest review. I love to hear from you guys. So be sure to go and do that. And it will also help more people find the podcast as well. You can always find out more information by going to itstartswithattraction.com for show notes, for updates, and to join the email list so that every Friday you can get an encouraging email that specifically tells you what you can do to work on your pies so that you can become the best that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Until next week, keep working on your pies and stay strong. So to recap, here are the key pies takeaways from today's episode. The first one is if you want to encourage the people in your life to do something to become better, then don't force them to do it. Don't preach at them and don't drag them to try and do what it is you want to do. The second point is to remember that everyone is different. This is what makes us fearfully and wonderfully made. The fact that we are all individuals with individual interests and likes and hobbies and things that we want to do with our lives. Now, bonus, if you can figure out how to align other people's interest in your life with yours so that you don't let those things separate you and continue to take you away from each other. But instead you're saying we have these different interests, we're individual people, but let's find a way that these things can cross over so that we stay connected and, but we also still continue to do the separate things that we love to do. I shared a little bit at the beginning of it about how my husband loves going to the Renaissance festivals. Well, back when we were doing that, uh, the trade-off we made or the crossover that we made and that we agreed to beforehand was that I would love to go and do that with him if he would go and do dancing lessons with me because I wanted to try it. It was something new. And so that's what we did. And it wasn't, you do this and I'll do that, like an ultimatum. It was, we're agreeing to do this because we want to do it with the other person. But we also understand that each of us have our own individual differences and desires. But how can we still do things together so that we aren't being drawn apart? And so we did that and it worked 
wonderfully well. I understood that he was not going to be Frank Sinatra or Perry Como just dancing across that ballroom floor. But the fact that we did it together and the fact that he was willing to do it with me, even though I knew it wasn't going to be his favorite thing in the world, meant so much to me. And it felt the same to him when I was willing to go and do something that he loved and shared with him. So that's a great way that you can do that together. The third thing is to remember, you never want it to come across that a person has to change in order for you to love them. You don't want it to come across that a person has to lose weight or eat differently or get a certain kind of degree or be more spiritual or be less defensive. That's going to be a hard one to hear in order for them to be loved. We love the people in our lives regardless. That doesn't mean we have to love what they do. It also doesn't mean we have to put up with, so to say, what they do. If my husband is constantly defensive and it's evoking emotions within me I don't like, and because of that, I'm wanting to tell him he needs to work on his pies so that I'll be attracted to him again, the first thing I need to do is check myself. How can I change in this situation? Am I being defensive back? What do I need to do that's actually going to ultimately make our communication better? And where do I fit into this? Start with you. And then even from there, there are ways to approach differences or things that you don't like or things you wish would change without coming across like you do not love your spouse and that they have to change in order to earn your love. Things as simple as, hey, babe, I know that you don't hear this. And by the way, never do this in the middle of the fight. You always wait till later. Hey, babe, I know that you don't hear this and you aren't meaning to do it. But when we are talking about this and you say that it comes across as defensive and it makes me defensive. And so I would love for us to talk about how we can do it differently. What are some things when I say this, that, and if it, and if it makes you angry, how can we talk about it before it gets out of control? Now, I understand that was vague and that's very brief and not maybe not super helpful because it's not super specific, but I hope you hear the tone of my voice and the way I handled that as opposed to saying, when you talk to me like that, I can't even listen to you anymore. Those are two totally different approaches and I can guarantee you that the first one that I gave you is going to lead to much better results long term and actually restore your relationship and ultimately lead to greater attraction between the two of you than the former, although the former um, feels better in the moment. But it's amazing how most of the things that feel better in the moment aren't actually good for us long term. I hope this episode has been helpful to you, and I hope it's given you some ideas of how to positively connect with your family, your friends, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, whoever it is, and ultimately get to a place where both of you are working on becoming the most attractive and best that you can be for your individualness and all of the good things, but finding a way to connect and come back together so that you can feel that attraction and that love that comes from it between the two of you in your relationship or between your family or your friends or whoever it is. Another way that you can encourage people in your life to work on themselves and become the best they can be 
after you've had a conversation about it is to please share this podcast with them, especially if there's an episode that you hear that you think, oh my gosh, my friend Sarah or my best friend Joe would absolutely love this episode because it speaks to something they were just talking with me about the other day. That's another great way to share something without coming out of the blue, without being preachy and instead saying, I know this is something that you're thinking about looking towards or needing encouragement in. I'm going to share this episode with you. So far up until right now, I have almost 50 episodes with so many different kinds of content. So please share it with your friends and please subscribe and leave a review. If you are loving this podcast or finding it helpful in any way, I would absolutely appreciate for you to leave that review and please share it because that is what is going to help this podcast reach even more people. Plus, when you leave your review, if you take a screenshot of it and email it to hello at piesuniversity.com, that's hello at piesuniversity.com, then you'll be entered into a monthly drawing to win my Your Best Self course, which is my new course that guides you through 30 days of becoming the best that you can be in all areas of your pies. So please subscribe and leave a review.